Okay, so the laws of Onain, first of all, it's a misnomer. We use the term Onain. The real halakhic terminology for those who learn Mishnayomi and Moed Katan, they know full well, because obviously you don't forget anything we say in Mishnayomi, is Mishemes Mutolofanov, which is rather cumbersome a phrase, so we probably revert to using the word Onain. Mishemes Mutolofanov literally means someone whose the body is right in front of them, which we'll actually see that may actually be a determining fact if they're considered an Onain or not. In Onain, in, in actual biblical terminology, is as, as Batsala pointed out, when we find when Aaron is supposed to uh, be in some sort of availus for his sons, which he actually didn't have to keep, he was said, got Moshe said to him, "You're an Onain," meaning to say you're not allowed to partake from eating any sort of carbonos. You're not allowed to have uh, kachim, meiser sheni, uh, as we pointed out, vikurim. I did not eat them when I was an Onain. Why? So that's again not that's more of a, for the world to kachim. We're not going to get into, but it probably has to do with the fact that when one eats kachim, there has to be some sort of degree of simcha. And the opposite of simcha is being an onain, but that is that is biblical. That is not what we, when you talk about onain, we're, we're not really referring to that. That's also only the first day. It doesn't carry on beyond that. Yes, so we're not. We'll move on from there. Although once we're on the topic, because Pesach's around the corner, uh, the Netziv says that well, I do wear kittel on Pesach night fr- on the night. So he says that when you eat kachim, part of the simcha is supposed to be eating like a king. You wear a special garment. So the kittel is supposed to re- reminiscent of that and not of uh, Yom Misa, which is an interesting idea, and enough could be it might be. Some people, the first year of Avelis, they don't wear kittel because they say, I don't need to remember death. I'm thinking about it all the time. Well, if it's about remember, if it's about eating kachim, you should wear it. Okay, but that's, that's, that's not for now. In Onain, when we just refer to an Onain, the Mishimeshim with Lefanov. So what's the idea behind that? The Mishnah Bracha says someone whose relative passes away doesn't say Shema, Krishma, or Tfilin. Now, here's the interesting part. There seems to be a machlokas girsaos. One girsa adds, and the, the girsa we simply have, vishar mitzvos. If you don't have that girsa, you're left with a, in a funny place. Either you can say, I mean, what are the quintessential mitzvos? Tfilin, krishma, tfilin, you know, uh, tfilin, krishma, and what was the last one? New krishma, krishma, tfilin, and. Shema, whatever, Shema, Krishma. Okay, either you could say it's that. That's why I need the Makar suit and I keep on forgetting them on my dining room table. Or, and meaning it's all Shema Mitzvahs. Or Rabbi Yonah offers the following. Rabbi Yonah says maybe these are specific special Mitzvahs because they require an extra level of kavana, of, of intent. We're going to hold this idea from Rabbi Yonah. We're going to come back to it in a minute. Point is, the mission says you're, you're exempt from all these. Why are you exempt from them? Why is one exempt from them? Preparing for the burial. It, so, it, it takes precedence over. Okay, so I want to uh, delve into this a little bit. Rashi seems to imply because you're involved in the burial. I think. So I think one could take the route, therefore, that basically, Osik mitzvah, you're putter in a mitzvah. Whereas, whereas, Tosfos disagrees with Rashi. And Tosfos says, no, based off Yerushalmi, and there could be a difference between Babel and Yerushalmi, and Tosfos effectively quotes a Pasik. At least the way learning it, that it's not covered for the mace that you're involved in mitzvahs. It's not covered for the mace you're involved in mitzvahs. One exactly says log l'rush, but it's along those lines. The way Rishalvetsu actually formulates it is that part of a velus in this sta- stage is a bitl of doing mitzvahs. It's part of the showing I'm, I'm in so much grief, I just can't involve myself in mitzvahs. But obviously, the, the, there are a number of ramifications that are going to exist. According to Rashi, if you want to volunteer and do a mitzvah, 
Well, perhaps you can because, you know, Osef to Patlan Mitzvah, but if, if uh, the halachas, we seem to paskin, that if you want to do it, you can do it. If you're able to do both, do both. Whereas according to Tosfos, you can't just volunteer to do the mitzvah because it's a, it's a pagan. I think the case that Tosfos and Rashi talk about is, well, can you make, can you volunteer to make a bracha? Tosfos said, no, you can't make a bracha. How can you make a bracha? Your your your, your brother just passed away. You're supposed to be involved in the mace. It's 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 not right for kavod hamace. Whereas Rashi seems to say you could say make a bracha, mean, or you could say amen, or someone could say amen to bracha. It'd be not for me. There's an only in the room. You had a case of here the guy makes a bracha, and can you say amen? You don't make an, you don't say amen an improper bracha. Yeah. Right. So it's a matter of but <clears throat> they're going to do stuff with where they should be making a bracha. They're going to eat. Correct. So in this case, you 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 eat without making a bracha. It's it's a very for someone who's been an onain. It's a very disturbing experience almost. My grandfather told me he came downstairs um, the day the day of his mother's funeral. I think I've told this before. And he said he said his normal morning routine. So I'm not because I'm not gonna make a brachos. Baruch Hashem You know, Shach will never run his coffee. He's like, Can't do that. He kept making brachas, not because you're, you're so out of routine. Right. You're so out of routine. He said. He said. They reminded me. A friend once said that he decided one day he was going to make a, a bracha on his coffee with a kavana. So he got up there and goes, Baruch Ata Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Shakol Niyebivro Baruch Hashem Shakol and drank it. So that's it's part of the routine. According to Rashi, seemingly one would be allowed to do it. According to Tosus, one is not allowed to do it. Now I wonder if Rashi got tipped off by our Gemara. Why? What is the reasoning behind Osip Mitzvah Patim and Mitzvah? So if you look at the Gemara in Brachos, actually over here, you look at the Gemara in Sukkah, Dav Chavhei, the Gemara seems to imply it's not just you're involved in a Mitzvah, but you're also you're torrid in the Mitzvah. You're, you're bothered by it. I mean, the Gemara even seems to say, what if you have all your possessions on a ship and it's sailing in the sea? Do you have to make, do you have, do you have to make Brachos? Do you have to do keep Mitzvahs? Can you say you're Osik and something else? And the Gemara says, no, it's only Osik and Mitzvah that you're torrid and that you're very involved in. So perhaps this is just this is my own this is me talking. Maybe Rashi said according to this, what was why would the Gemara use the gears of these three mitzvahs that have specific kavana to tell us the whole idea behind this is your Torah in these mitzvahs. I mean to say it's an idea of osim mitzvah mitzvah. So it extends to all their mitzvahs, but this is where your osim mitzvah mitzvah. This is just a thought I had. Rashi says it's coming from osim mitzvah mitzvah. Tosfos or something along those lines. Tosfos says it's coming from. It's, you're not allowed to do mitzvahs. Now, I want to point out two things. These are, this is more... I have a basic question. I can understand years ago, generations ago, when people literally, if they lost their... So we'll, we'll get there. You're gonna, I, know, one second. The question was, they were actually involved yeah, in I know. I know you're asking. We're, we're, we're going to get there. About having Chavir Kaddishas and the hospitals. Theater, so we'll, we'll get there. Professional people getting involved with the so we're going we're, we're to get there. Mm-hmm. The problem is I didn't actually have time to... And they charge re- money like anything, too. For that, that as well. Maybe that's the Torah... I, I didn't have enough time to read through all the notes from beginning to end, so I'm going to assume, I don't know what he's bringing up later on, but we're going to, I'm going to put it together the way I want to put it together, because okay. I'm, spe- I'm speaking now, right? Sorry. We're, we're, oh, so I was, I had two thoughts. Thought number one was as follows. Tosfos, there's a machlokas, and we've discussed this in other, other contexts, between Tosfos and, and the Ran. The Ran says, if you were osig in one mitzvah, you're actually, not only are you exempt from doing another mitzvah, but you're not allowed to do another mitzvah. It's almost like you have, you're doing a mitzvah. Who, who, what gives you the allowance? What gives you the permission to go to do another mitzvah? Whereas Tosis is of the opinion, the osik mitzvah means the mitzvah you're osik in if you're not able to do another mitzvah, so you're partner from. But if you're able to do another mitzvah, so you can't just say, oh, I'm doing this mitzvah, I'm exempt from other mitzvahs. 
So I'm wondering, Daniel, tell me what you think of this. Yeah. I'm wondering if Tosfos looked at Rashi and said, Rashi, you want to tell me the exemption for making brachos, for instance, is oats and mitzvah, patu and mitzvah? You really think, you really think every single minute you're so involved, you can't make a, you're not going to have a moment to make a bracha? Meaning, because Tosfos has come from his, uh, his understanding, that Tosfos thinks oats and mitzvah doesn't mean it's a blanket head there, it's only in the actual moment you're invested and busy in. So I'm wondering if that's, what, if that's perhaps why Tosa thought Rashi was wrong. If you're driving, if you're driving to the Bar-Folem, and you have a hamburger, and you, so, that's it, you're, you're, you're on your, you're in the middle so, of the... doesn't apply to brothels. What's that? doesn't apply to brothels. Maybe we'll, I'll, I'll bring it up now also. So here's the thing that I... Again, this is, we're going a little out order, but that's fine. Right? It was fine. The, why do we make brothels? Anyone know why do we make brothels? So... The Gemara and Brachos and Daflamet Hay says, "How can we benefit from this world without?" How can we? Gemara tries to figure out how to make Brachos. It was a pasuk, Kodesh Yilulim Hashem. After after a whole long discussion, the Gemara ends up, "How can we? How can we benefit from this world without making a blessing?" And anyone who benefits this world without making a blessing is Ilumah. They did me Ilah. They did me Ilah. In fact, Rabbi Kiva Eger thinks that's a Daraisa. Meaning, the Gemara seems to equate it that much. And the Rakiv Eger thinks the only brachas that are are brachas mitzvah. So last night I, I texted Daniel Feldman and I said to him, So would a Rakiv Eger doesn't only make a bracha? He wrote, Theoretically, we have no way of knowing. Rashi, according to Rashi, that the whole, pro, the whole um, reason, the hetter for making a bracha, the hetter for not making brachos, or for being an onin, if you want to call it that, stems from Osim Mitzvah in a mitzvah. So how does that override this idea of, of Ki'ilum Ma'al? Meaning to say as follows. The Gemara seems to set it up that if one were to not make a bracha, it's as if they're stealing from God. The Gemara even used the lesson as if you stole. And the bracha is what gives you a heter to now partake from the food. Well, if you don't make the bracha, you have no heter to take from the food. It's not, it's not an assay, it's almost like a low assay, if you, if you will. So you're right, can tell me, oh, ozig ben mitzvah exempts me from stealing? No, you can't say, oh, I'm, doing a, I'm wearing sitis now, I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger. No one says that. Or people might say that, but they're not coming from this... This strain of uh, right? I thought it's a very good question. I thought it's during Marv, actually. No one says, Osik mitzvah, Patr and mitzvah, exempt you from Losaseh. So, how can, according to Rashi, if it's stemming from Osik mitzvah, Patr and mitzvah, Ki'ilumal, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's a good question. I thought it was a very good question. I have a better answer. Better answer. I realized, do I have a brachas here? Rashi's of the opinion, if you look at Rashi, Rashi writes, What are you, the next stage of the Gemara is, it's if you stole. What do you gozel? What do you steal if you don't if you don't make a bracha? The food, right? Mm-hmm. Rashi writes gozel sabracha, stole the bracha. I mean, to say like you had an obligation to make a bracha, and it's just it's not like you actually stole. It's just using a common language. Ah, you stole a bracha from God. You stole a mitzvah. I mean, to say Rashi doesn't read it liter- read it literally. Rashi reads it like you had an obligation to make a bracha. And he reads the Gemara like as Gemara is like using a, an exaggeration. So now it all makes sense. So if Rashi thinks the Gemara is it's all about the Asseh making a bracha, so then the Osim with the Pat Mitzvah, Pat Yusin Asseh, whereas Tosvah doesn't read that way, but Tosvah has a, separate, a totally separate din. There's a, there's a Durabanan to make a bracha, and the rabbis came along and said, perhaps for the reason of part of feeling the Avelis, you don't make the bracha here. That was, that, okay, that's, that's enough for me talking, we can go back to the notes here. I thought that was cool stuff. Okay. The Gemara continues, you can't join in a Zimun. Um, okay, fine. Let's see, where, where do we get up to the notes here? Okay, so here's where it gets interesting. No, remember how I mentioned, what's the, what's the actual term for an onane? 
So I'm not going to get into Bitzal's question. I think we're going to discuss that, I assume, in, in future weeks, wh- wh- what role Hever Kedisha plays in Bizman Because we say Hever Kedisha does play a role, there's no such thing as an owning, which we're not going to say. Uh, but we'll get to those questions. We'll get to the question when you're flying to Israel and your body's on the plane, you can't do anything. The question really becomes um, how involved do you have to be with this mace in order to exempt you? So the, the, there's, there's two stories, there's two versions quote of the story. Rabbeinu Tom's sister passed away. And Rabbeinu Tom said, I live in a different city, so I'm not an owning. And there's a debate that emerges between the Bach and, um, and, and Rabbeinu Yitzchak. What did he mean by that? Did he mean, look, she has a husband. He'll take care of her. The responsibility is not on me. Once I'm not responsible, you know, it's not considered Misha Mez Mutlufanov. It's Misha Mez of someone else. And therefore, he said, I'm, I don't have to, I'm not an Onin. And I can make brachas. By the way, just to point out, this is one of the areas where if you're machmir of being an Onin, you're being makal on brachos, on uh, davening, etc. So you, that's the tension here. The Bach thinks, or perhaps it was, no, he was saying, I live in a different city. So even if I was supposed to be involved, but like, I'm, I'm 2,000 miles away. I'm 10,000 miles away. They're in Israel, I'm in America. However you want to put it. And therefore, he said, I'm not an Onin. You can see there's a big ramification here. Big ramification here. How do we paskin? How do we paskin? Um, we paskin that so long. We basically paskin against Rabbeinu Tam and say, even if your others take care of it, and even if you're a different city, um, you're exempt. We will discuss what happens if you are are involved, and then you, you the bot. No, you're you're from Mitzvah. You're considered an owner. There you go. Sorry. If we we see the paskin that you're considered an owner. Okay, against his man of Tom. Okay, obviously it's important to know, and the Pisgah Tshuva thinks it's very clear to put out that obviously the Onin is not exempt from, it's only exempt from Asseis and and Chayv and all those Asseis, etc. Okay, fine. Lastly, the Onin is not supposed to recline when they eat. That was our friend who was eating his cheese. Like, don't, you're not again. And we also say you're supposed to refrain from eating meat, drinking wine as well. And what's the idea behind that? So it's probably Din Simcha. There even writes, you should refrain from eating a lot of food. Kind of like, we don't find it by Avela. And Avela's allowed to eat meat. This is a special din. There's a cute form of Avela's. You shouldn't be eating meat, drinking wine. Like you're supposed to be preparing a funeral. You're supposed to be preparing a funeral. And not, um, if that's a, a lockdown drill, we just failed. Yeah, yeah, I was joking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. The, the sitting, sitting. And it's more reclining. I don't think I don't know. You're sitting, you're sitting. Yeah, reclining. You're supposed to you're, not, you're supposed to kind of like refrain from getting doing involved in more simpler things. Especially you're supposed to be involved in the deceased. You're supposed to be, you know, my someone's called my grandfather out and they said, hey, uh, so my dad's passed away, and I'll probably sing shiva next week. Can I get a bike ride in now? And probably not. The best thing to be doing when you're, uh, you know, you're supposed to be involved in the funeral. You're supposed to be involved in the funeral. Okay. Um, if there's, there's, let's say, the, a person died on Friday and then the Shabbos. So we'll discuss that next week. That, that's a whole other configuration because Shabbos is no one in us. But then how do you, how do you do that? We'll discuss it next week. Someone, someone in the show has that. Eitan, Rice. Rice has that, yeah. All right. Okay, let's just go through a couple of practical mitzvahs to go through them. The first one is the Tilas Adayim, which Batsal remembers from last year. So we say even though your Onin is exempt from making brachos, they still do the Tilas Adayim. Why is that? 
Rather, feel free to throw out the other mitzvahs. He didn't have so many here. I looked at a bunch like more. In the morning? Uh, he told us before, before you eat. Before, before you eat. Oh, before you eat. So, so we discussed last year that it could be part of the tilsa dime is built into the whole washing is in tilsa dime, and part of it could be it's actually it's what it's a matir, meaning it's an isra to eat without washing your hands. And we discussed this last year. Two ways of looking at it. Go back. I think I have the one share I actually uploaded. Uh, it's on Wai Torah. It's on the, the podcast. So because of that, we wash your hands. Don't make a bracha for that. Is don't make a bracha. What happens if someone's in the middle of davening, Shema, davening for the Ombud, and they find and they find that they're in owning, which they do? There's a bit of a debate here. Most assume they can finish davening and, and step down. Although I saw someone who's like, "Why are you telling them? Like, why just wait? Wait, wait five minutes. Let them finish, and then you can tell them." Yeah, like practically, who's exactly? Why? Why do you, why do you tell? Why, why? Why do you tell them? Now I didn't have time to go into this. There's a parallel discussion if a Cohen is doing the avoda and finds out he's tummy, since he stepped down. Probably yes, because he's telling me, but there's actually my focus in the Gemara. I wondered if, I mean, I, I know there's, there's what, there's overlap. I didn't have time to look into that. But um, yeah, really, it's why I tell. In, in fact, often you can discuss, you don't always have to tell people someone passed away. What if the Kohen the becomes an owner? I think it's all discussions. It comes up in Yuma, it comes up in Nachos, it comes up all over all the place, as well. I, I, I didn't want to get into that discussion, I just, I'm, I'm noting that. Um, the, the discussion that comes up in Avelis, the, you know, someone uh, actually. Apparently, this case just happened a couple years ago. Uh, the mother of the Kala drops dead right outside, the, right outside the wedding hall. The father's a rabbi. He said, don't tell my daughter. She'll never know. She's not knowing. She'll find out afterwards. Where's mom? Oh, I'm taking care of her. No, I don't know what he said. But um, you, don't, you don't have to tell. Even with Avelis, you don't have to tell. All right, Rav Shechter. What? Just asking for a friend of mine. How about your friend of yours? Well, her, her uncle passed away no, so this is exactly, actually, I think my, my, my brother-in-law, my sister and brother-in-law's wedding, the grandfather passed away like a week before, they didn't tell the, the great-grandfather, they didn't tell the grandfather. He didn't want to know. You're allowed to do that. Rav Shechta says his father, when he was much older, he was, I think he was in the nursing home ready, he's big time with his father, also Rosh Shiva. he said, he knew his sister was sick, he said, don't tell me she passed away until afterwards. So, so Shiva will see, is a couple hours. Again, see, one, one can do that. What about Sitsis? It's interesting. What do you think about Sitsis? We, we can, do without, can you do without making a bracha? Can you wear it without making a bracha? What do you think? Well, you don't make a bracha on Tishabov in the morning at Sittis, so I guess it's, so it's the same uh, so it's with the mitzvah. Yeah, but if it's a mitzvah, so then you don't have to do it, keep mitzvahs. It matters the clothes. Like if you only have a four-point yeah. clothes, you can't not wear a four-point clothes. So, he has some nice lambdas here. Um, I I think the Rav Shlomo basically says uh, the, the reason we wear a talus cotton is, is part of our clothing now. And it's not like we're not really, meaning we wear from mitzvah, it's also part of our daily clothing, and therefore it's not a problem. He gets to some fancy lumbas here that if you wear a talus cotton and you don't have a mind for the mitzvah, so it's as if you're wearing a four corner garment without tittas on it. So then you're, you're, are you over a lot say? He goes, oh, you're not, because the Mordechai points out that if you're on Shabbos, you're wearing a four corner garment, and your tittas, one of the strings falls off. Since you're not able to retie on Shabbos, it's not a problem. The problem is only to wear tzitz, a four-part garment when you're able to wear tzitzis and you don't tie it. Okay, so we can get into the lumbus of that. point is that if someone's almond says, um, you can still wear it. Um, some do, some don't. I don't know why the, uh, my, my thing's still making noise. Okay, fine. Yeah, Tazkot. We don't wear Tazkot. All right, we don't wear tefillin. We don't wear tefillin also the first day of the burial. What about Sphiris Omer? So this is an interesting one. What do you think about Sphiris Omer? The bog. 
Right. So that's that's a very good point. So I think this is a this is a broader discussion, which also you see, I, I, I need this is a, I love this topic. There's so many other discussions. Like there's so many other things that come up. You, know, so. you don't count the first day, and then this way, the second. Yeah, how do you know the person is going to die? You're like the, my, my my great my great grandmother's business partner. My, my great grandmother's business partner she was, was um, had no family, a survivor, only person in the world. So my great uncle took care of her. Called my grandfather up once and goes, uh, Simcha, she, she's not doing too well. She go, go call the Chavit Kedisha and give them a heads up. And also tell them not to conspire somewhere. Like, so at, at which point uh, my grandfather said, I think they're used to take, doing things last minute. Them and the eighth day cater. It's like they, they're good. Yeah, so it's an interesting question. If you know, I, I actually saw someone ask this question. Now you say that. I saw someone ask this question. If you know you're not going to be able to finish the year because you know you're going to die. We discussed this last year? Yeah. We discussed this. We discussed this last year. Yeah, we discussed it. Okay. So I'll tell you what. You know you're going to miss a night, so you know someone's very. So we discussed this last year. Do you or do you not count? We, we did discuss this last year. Okay, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait till we uh, do Chazar. You're right. We did discuss this. Yes. The, um, in another case, someone just dies. You're an owner. It's day number 33, which is also Lag Omer. And so the note of Yehuda says that you still can count. He gives a few reasons for his ruling that we will not discuss. Ad Kanha notes. Let me tell you what he says. Well, he wanted to go there is a discussion in general what power do Chazal have to uproot, if you will, commands in the Torah. I think some people are under the impression that, oh, we say the rabbis do this, the rabbis do this, the rabbis do this, and they're like, oh, if the rabbis can do that, they can do anything in the of Kitten, whatever. They can do rabbis, can do the rabbinic will is the rabbinic way. But there's actually, the rabbis are very, uh, there are a lot of rules that have to follow, all derived from the Torah. In fact, Ray Feldman has a book, only part one, it's about 400 pages, I have my office, 300 pages, going through many of these rules. Going through many of these rules. So, the, um, the, uh, to, there, one can make an argument that the rabbis are able to not uh, totally uproot things, but they can, uh, they can limit, if you will, how much you have to follow them. Mean to say, they can say, um, instead of long show for two days, you'll blow it one day. We're not totally uprooting it, we're leaving some of it, we're getting rid of some of it. Right, this involved in the famous Taz. If anyone asks you what's the famous Taz, the Taz says rabbis can't totally uproot things, they can only remove, remove it partially. Okay, it could be, it says Nod Yehuda, if you want to take that route, the rabbis can't totally uproot something. If they were to tell you not to count a spirit for one day, you just uprooted the mitzvah. Because what the whole reason behind the Bahag is not that there's a new mitzvah every single day, because a new mitzvah every single day, you, you can do bracha every day. The whole reason is that it's one long mitzvah, right, with many, many mices, one kiyam. So if you say don't count one day, you've just lost the whole mitzvah that year. So because it's a mitzvah overus, you're, you're going to miss it. So then the rabbis can't say you can't uproot it. So that's why the, the note of Yudas says that's the, that's the logic behind it. You follow? Can't they can't uproot it. They can only uproot a mitzvah. They can only limit a mitzvah. So you, according to what Yudas says, so, you, you do count Sphero. Yeah, okay. So, but also, if you, you know, with Sphero, it's counting up the shula. So if the only shula is the only holiday, but the date is. It's not given. You think we don't, days, if we don't have so it? We don't, if we're not counting, you know, you know, we're counting up to it, so then we're not up to So I don't know if that's the reason of I honestly, I didn't have a chance to look up this note of I'm just telling you from memory part of what I remember. I didn't have time to look this up. Okay, fine. Well, that, yeah. I mean, 
So like other mitzvah overis, I guess. Like yeah, you go. Bris or, uh, oh, for for sure, bris is another example. A bris that if, if there's a bris, there's a big discussion. Should you can you wait at least push it off later in the day because you want the father to make the brachas. At least it's a, a bris of Alvarino, right? You want to make the brachas. There's a discussion when to make it, but yeah, bris for sure. Things that are a passing nature, you should definitely do, um, for sure, 100 percent. Yeah. What about tzedakah? So this is an interesting one. Someone's on an interesting idea. Because we know tzedakah, there's, a, there's an asay to give tzedakah. There's also a low say to ignore. So, um, so what should you do? So Shalom Zaman makes the argument, which he doesn't, in a, in a long tshuva, but he doesn't say, but I think the best way to put it is we brought up from the rub before, is that there's some los essays that are only there to strengthen the assay. The rub quotes around Ban in Kedushin that says, there's a, there's the, the Torah wants you to have a fence on your roof so people don't fall off. The only reason the Torah penalized you and said there's a lav to not have the fence is because the Torah has a greater objective of making sure people are safe. The Torah says, don't make sure you have a fence. If you don't have a fence, you get a lav, but really it's just the strength to give teeth to the assay. Another example, this is when we discussed it, was tashbisu. The Torah does not want you having chametz in your house. So the Torah wants you to search for the chametz. In order to encourage you to search for it, oh, ba'a yira, ba'a matzah. Don't have that chametz around. But really, it's just so you could go and search and destroy it. Rav Shlomo Zalman says the only the issue of of refraining from giving money to the ani, the iser, is only there to give st- his teeth to the aseg you should give. Torah wants aniim to be get, get to get tzedakah. So in order to encourage you, it's like not only there's a mitzvah, there's a lo say to ignore that. Whereas if you say the aseg doesn't exist, i.e., you're an onain, you don't have the mitzvah, so you shouldn't have the lo say of of ignoring the ani. That's what Rav Shlomo Zalman says. And then he points out, but if you want to give Le'ila Nishmas for the Nifter, that would be allowed. The same reason, for those paying attention, you could say Kaddish if you want at the funeral. Or we do say Kaddish at the funeral before we bury for the Nifter. Or maybe Kaddish and Shabbos. Kaddish and Shabbos. Or Mincha. Or Mincha, Erev Shabbos, when you can no longer be involved in the mace as well. Which you recall, I think that took place in our shul. Because I think Eitan had yard site for his mother that Friday. His father passed away on Thursday, right? He had yard site for his mother, I think, on Friday. And the funeral was on Sunday, if I recall. So he asked what to do, and I said, well, I, the Mishnah says if one wants to, they can go to Shol and say, Mincha at Mincha. Shab, say, say, Kaddish at Mincha. And certainly this case, for your mother, you can do it. I believe that was the case. Okay. Not on Shabbos. On Shabbos, uh, we'll discuss Shabbos next week, but yeah. yeah. The question happens close to the end of Shabbos. Um, but that's, that's what Shol Zalman says about Tzedakah. It's an interesting case. Krish Malamita. So I want to say the whole reason Krishna Malamita, the Gemara says it's to, to stave off the mazik and the evil word of the spirits. So maybe for Shmi we can do it. Um, the more, I think, classic glance would be like if, if before you go to bed, you're not involved in the mason, then you're going to sleep. So I believe I, believe I saw that um, Rabbi Steinberg, Hamid Rabbi Shlomo Zalman said on the way back from um, Rebetzin Orbach, Rabbi Steinberg is one of the big Talmudim of, 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 of Zalman. Way back from Rebbe and Orbach's funeral, the famous funeral, I think, where he got up and said, you're supposed to ask Mechila, but I have nothing to ask Mechila for you for because you never did anything to me, and I guess I never did anything to you. But he said he's going to go say Krishma because for this reason, uh, when Rav Shech heard this, he was not the biggest fan. He said, like, you know, you shouldn't, you don't have to say Krishma, you shouldn't say Krishma Lamita. Should you answer Amen to Onin's bracha? So again, no, because they shouldn't be making brachas. Um, what about Tehillim or Kaddish? No, you can't learn Torah either. Well, Kaddish, 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 Kadd
Seemingly for the mace. So I'll take the Arch Shulchan says right away, no. He says, you're an owner, you can't, you can't say Tehillim, you can't say Kaddish. If Nei Baruch is a classic say for Nevelos, he has a good catch. Because what's the reason, what's the reason you're not supposed to be doing mitzvot, the tostos? Out of cover for the mace. Well, if you're saying Tehillim for the mace, you're saying Kaddish for the mace, so then you could say it. Ah, oh, so I think that the, there's certain practices I told you when it comes to Nevelos, we don't, we kind of like do this. So everyone says, I think everyone does Tehillim. It's, it's, it's classically done. What about So the Shevet Levi says you shouldn't say it. And the Tefillah Hilchas says, you know what you should do? Make your own Tefillah Sederach up. Wish for something else. Something similar. Okay. What do you say? What, is, what does that mean? Just say it, like make up a... Make yeah, Shem, take care of us. Shem, take care of us. Is that any better? I'm not sure. I think what's... What's the difference? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. I mean, it ends in a bracha, I guess. Like, you know, both. Sorry, the, the Sheva Lewis says that. I don't know. I don't know. The Tila Hilka says that you, should, you, could say, you could say it regularly because you could say it regularly. So, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, in general, like, I think a personal Tila has some sort of key in. What? I was like, oh, I love how Skrill Sederach like, gets like a nod. Like, I've literally never heard anyone say, like, you know. Well, my car. Talk about it at all. Well, my car, I got from a from company. Oh, oh I get the, the Father's Day present. When I'm driving, all I see, I don't even see the car in front of me. I just see this massive field of the like plastered on the window, which I can't get off. Yeah. And it's on the kitchen as well, in case you know, I'm looking down. Hmm. It's like a funny question. Pat. I don't know. No, I think no. It's not a funny question at all. Do you, you what, yeah. Do you ever do you say Tilsdorf when you fly? Uh, or you should say Tilsdorf when you fly? There you go. <laughs> no. Yeah. So there, that, that, that's a very. And I think a lot of these. A lot of these uh, questions do come up with flying. Oh, name, you're not involved. We'll get to it next week. Okay, fine. When I drive you home. Yeah, okay, fine. Next week, we will we'll pick up from here, talking about making up Miss Mitzvos, which, again, is also interesting. You see Tashlumim. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, 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 I get it. I, was like, um, I guess our... our, our Tfilah, like, yeah. Havdalah. Um, I, I'm going to save it next week because I, I think it involves the Shabbos. And just one interesting thing, I, I, he didn't talk about Asher are, but the case that um, I saw is, you're allowed to say, well, this actually comes next week, but it's because I want to bring it up either way, because I mentioned it. You don't say Asher Yatsar. However, the halach, you don't, you don't say Asher Yatsar in your own However, the halach is, you could say Asher Yatsar so long as you don't have to go to the bathroom. Again, it's going to be convention. So let's say a person's, I don't know, eating a falafel on the way to the, funer- the, the funeral, and then they get to the funeral, and they're finished, and like they're, st- they're, not, they're still satiated. Lachor, they should bench. Maybe. Same thing with Asher Yatsar. Or one can make an argument that when you're owning, you're not just like exempt, like you have a tour, but you're so exempt that the mitzvah doesn't even exist. The mitzvah doesn't even exist for you. Yeah. And if that's true, so then you wouldn't have to make anything up. So that's for the attention next week. Although, Rabbi Salavechik pointed out, the whole idea is you had a chiyav that we say don't do, not like you're exempt. Because you're trying to show we're so available for the mitzvah for mitzvahs. All right, we'll get to all that next week. Um, but just to quickly go over our opening questions for tonight, now that we all know. Oh, okay. well, we could discuss some more next yeah, week. Okay, anyway, cool. okay, so we well, you know what? Did I close that? No, I didn't close that. There we go. It's on my phone. Very good. Uh, is it biblical or rabbinic? Biblical. Well, we say onen is biblical. Mishmeis mitlafanov is rabbinic. Is rabbinic correct? Um, your old buddy from yeshiva is an onen. Wait, does that mean like that nowadays? Like, 